on it. your freedom you want answers i think i'm entitled you want answers i want the truth you can't handle the truth let's ride clyde that's what jolene said to me let's go pal hey welcome back to the prepared mind channel it is time for the monologue and the q and a the question and answer i'm gonna do the monologue you guys do the q and i'll do the a Right, it's a shared job. We're working together, folks. Today had some shocking things happen, some stunning information. But I'm not surprised. It's not like I'm I'm not expecting what is going on out there. But, right, it's still shocking to see how ridiculous and crazy the world has become. Are you prepared? Food, water, shelter, clothing, medicine means a self-defense. Are you ready up here? Because chance favors the prepared mind. Get your questions into Jolene. Get them in the comment section right down below, and we'll get rolling on this. Um, I've got a lot of topics. This has been just a shocking day, an unbelievable day, and I want to go over it with you. And it's not even Friday, folks. It's not even Friday. There's just a... There's a lot going on. You know, where do we start? Well, let's start with this, right? <sighs> European leaders, people who are supposed to be in charge, uh, it, it cracks me up how the people in charge of government are supposed to be smart, and they're not, right? Well, the metal producers in Europe, they're warning, hey, Right? There's an existential threat to our future as a civilization because the energy crisis is continuing. Without energy, we can't have metals. We can't have oil. We can't have energy. We can't have food. We can't have life. That's why it's an existential SHTF moment. Right, We've got economic SHTF right in front of us. And what are they doing? Well, folks, when you're incompetent and you don't know what you're doing, you stall. You change the subject. You pretend you don't know. You don't go to, these people are crazy. There needs to be real action taken right now to fix every single problem in the energy world, in the economy, in the monetary world. But they're playing games. They continue to play games. It is just absolutely un. Believable where they're going with all of this. <sighs> I mean, what do you think? Have you guys looked at this? Have you listened to this? Have you seen what they're doing? Right? This, I mean, to give you another example, right? I'm just shocked by the, the lunacy of these people in Washington, D.C. The mayor, you know, Bowser, Bow Wow, has declared a state of emergency because. Migrants had been bussed into her sanctuary city. That's right, you know, sanctuary city. It's supposed to be a sanctuary, all set up for, you know, people who can't obey the law or, or whatever. I, what are they offering them sanctuary from? Do you think that D.C. is a sanctuary city for Trump supporters and Republicans? Or is it a sanctuary city for the worst amongst us? Well, California used to have sanctuary cities for illegals and criminals from Mexico. Anyways, they're saying that there's an emergency because migrants have been bust there. I would like to say to, to Mayor Bowser, you think you got a problem? Try being in charge of Texas, bitch, right? And this is Biden's fault. So let's go, Brandon. What's your solution? They don't have solutions, folks. This is what you and I need to get through our thick heads. Government is not the solution to our problems, as Ronald Reagan said. And then he said this directly after that. Government is the problem. And never before in my life has it been more true than now. 
that government is the problem. The migrant problem caused by government. Not stalled, slowed, or fixed by government, but caused by government. And so, yeah, the governor of Texas says, well, if Washington, D.C., you know, the politicians there, Biden, Pelosi, and gang, well, why don't we just send them a tiny percentage? Right? Literally, folks, 4 million and more and counting illegals have come across the southern border into California, Arizona, New Mexico, and a bunch of them, that percentage, went into Texas. If each state got 1 million of those 4 million, that's a million people in Texas. Illegals in Texas, a million. And folks, I would doubt if they got 1,000. That is 1,000th. One-tenth of 1% one of that has made its way into Washington, D.C., and they're screaming and yelling that they have a state of emergency. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm shocked at their arrogance. I'm shocked at their ignorance. I'm shocked at their stupidity. But I'm not surprised by it because I've known that about them all along. Every day, folks, you and me, the people of this world, deal with problems and fix things and make things better. Right? The, the R Syndicate team is made up of an interesting collaboration of minds from different professions and all of us solve problems for a living make things better for a living but the people in government all they do is create problems unbelievable folks now this was really interesting i want to switch gears a little bit right uh robert tellis has been arrested in connection to a murder of a Las Vegas journalist, a reporter named Jeff German. Uh, so this official, government official folks, or shall I say political official, Robert Tellis has been arrested. Well, he's also a Democrat. Now this brought up an interesting thought and I wanted to share it with you. Now, if you're a member of the preparedmind.club or if you're a member of Subscribestar.com, you will get the links to all of these news articles, stories that I dig up that you guys send me every day. I wish, I hope that you join us at the club and at Subscribestar.com. It's only two bucks a month. And I push that, folks, because that's what keeps the show going. Right Now, here's what I thought, right? With regard to a, a political official being arrested in connection to a murder of a media person. We live in Nazi Germany, Soviet Russia. Do we live in Chairman Mao's China? Right. This, this is incredible. Political attacks, secret government investigations, and, and politically motivated murder. The potential here for all of this, folks, yeah, folks, government is looking more and more involved, are they not? Right, what do we have going on right now? One of the biggest witch hunts in American history, and I'm going to say it is the biggest political witch hunt in American history. That is the attack on President Trump. The government will murder its enemies, folks. I think that has been demonstrated. Now, I won't say the government... Uh, is proper. The United States government is an entity, right? It, it works in Washington, D.C. It lives in Washington, D.C. It exists in Washington, D.C. But its constituent members, the bureaucracy and the elected class of people in the government, they are having a field day, persecuting, chasing down, hunting people, and in some cases, I bet they're getting killed, right? Oh, don't say that, John. How dare you accuse government officials of using their political power, their police power to kill people? Oh, you mean like Seth Rich? Yeah, that was an accident. Jeffrey Epstein, who are we hiding information from? Jizzy Maxwell, well, she's been convicted of trafficking young women for powerful people. Yet somehow we don't know who those powerful people are and the, that, 
those records haven't been released to the public, so we know who she was trafficking for? Right? Well, journalists out there, and I'm not saying that Jeff German was on to this particular case. Wouldn't surprise me. Right? But political operatives do dirty deeds, folks. Dirty deeds. I mean, look what was done with Trump. Trying to frame him uh, and tie him to Russian hookers. Yet we have Hunter Biden on camera with Eastern European women, hookers, and drugs, and blow, and bribes, and buyouts, and blackmail. We have all of that, but, you know, we're going to go after Trump. It's incredible, folks. Their, their polite-sounding words belies them. These people are incredibly violent and dangerous. Look who ends up getting killed. Vince Foster, back during the Clinton administration, was killed in, what, Marcy Park? How many times did he have to shoot himself in the back of the head before he's dead? Right, And we're supposed to believe that was an accident, it was a suicide, or was it what we think it really was, folks? Right? It's political silencing of opposition. That is the deal with Trump, and it's getting louder. So investigative reporters, whoosh, right? social media big mouths, whoosh. political insiders that aren't loved anymore, you know, Seth Rich, whoosh, whoosh. expect more. Truly expect more. Well, get your questions and comments in, folks. We're not done, right? It's not It's not four years ago or six years ago or eight years ago where we'd have one or two stories a day, and that would be it. No, we've got a whole lot of things happening every single day. I mean, get this. A Florida Democrat who is a congressional candidate has this to say, quote, DeSantis wants us in bondage. <laughs> right? Governor DeSantis wants us in, in bondage. Now, <clears throat> if I'm correct in looking at this article, right, this this congress congressional candidate, uh, <clears throat> uh Dr. Karen Green is leading uh is the leading organized for America's statewide operations in Florida during the Obama years. Really. So this is a this is a, a political attack. It's a racial attack. It's a smear job. I was shocked when I read this that, that someone has the, the guts to say that. This congressional candidate is a black woman in Florida. She says DeSantis wants us in bondage. And not only does she say that with a straight face, but she defends the pornography given to children in books in classrooms in school. Just shocking, stunning revelations, folks, coming out of their mouths. That is pure Marxist propaganda. It's meant to divide, to demonize. But what's interesting is the most perverted amongst us, the Democrats, they're the ones right, who are calling us the bad guys. Right? It's interesting. They're dividing us nicely between those who want kids uh, sexualized and exploited and those who don't. But they're saying those who don't, that is us. We want our kids protected. They're trying to make us into the bad guys. But the divisiveness is there. And it's serving a Marxist purpose to create, folks, Marxist revolution. And that's truly what we're starting to deal with. Right? It really is. Now, speaking of children, this story, it, it stunned me, folks. Stunning. When I read the details. In Idaho, there's a bank called Zion. Zion Bank has withdrawn their support from a pride festival, folks. And they claim it's due to activities involving children. That's right, folks, children. Uh, folks who are under 18 years old are children. Now, what was going on there? Another pride festival. I thought there was like a, a pride moment, but now it's not just a pride month. It's pride every day. So they're going to have another pride festival 
in Boise, Idaho. Now, concerned Idahoans, right? They had this article. <clears throat> and here's a quote from it. What is surprising is to see who is financing this attack on Idaho's children. Out-of-state companies promise to bring investment and jobs to Idaho. Instead, they are financing the sexualization of our children and the perverse idea that children should engage in sexual performances with adult entertainers. I call on all concerned Idahoans to disavow this attack on Idaho's children. Now, of course, folks, the perverted freaks in Idaho claim that the children's drag show is a separate event from their pride event, <laughs> though it's held at the same time in Boise, right? And children are engaged in, uh, <clears throat> right, in sexualized behavior with adults. No, they're, they're saying it's not with adults. They're doing their own thing. But folks, teaching, allowing, promoting, and engaging in sexualized behavior is not empowering. But these perverts are saying it is. It's empowering to the children. But dressing them up in, in just ridiculous cross-dressing costumes and then engaging and dancing as if they're some sort of sex toy, how is that empowering? But they use words like empowering. So if you're against what they're saying, then you're you're holding them down. Uh, maybe that's putting them in bondage. Yeah, that's called morality. It's not bondage. It's morality, right? Now, <clears throat> these people, folks, are perverting innocence, corrupting innocence. Now, what is it that these socialists, these Marxists are doing? They're perverting our constitution by saying that the Constitution says things that it doesn't, and by ignoring things that the Constitution clearly says, like, shall not be infringed, right? They're perverting innocence. They're perverting decency. They're perverting our Constitution. They're perverting our laws, right? And the filthy freaks know it, whether they're dressed up as drag queens or whether the filthy freaks are in Washington, D.C. They know what they're doing, they know that they're lying. They know they're gaslighting us, and they guilt everyone unconscionably with lies and corruption to accomplish their perverted goals, which is to destroy America. It's unbelievable, folks, what is happening. <sighs> but the fight is engaged. I want you folks, everyone, prep to action. Everyone needs to be engaged at this point. Everyone does, folks. Um, Right? If we don't stand up and start using, if we don't stand up and start using our First Amendment, they're going to take it from us. I want to give you an example of use it or lose it. In Germany, a man has got six months of prison time. That's his sentence. What did he do? What, would, what did he do wrong? What did he, did he sexualize children? No, no, he didn't do that. Right? He criticized radical Islam. In America here, folks, we're allowed to criticize who we want. Use it or lose it, right? It's called the First Amendment, free speech, right? Screw anybody. Whoever tries to stop you from speaking, whatever your truth is, whether they agree with you or not. See, you could say something that I don't agree with, and I don't care. That's your right to say it, right? Screw anyone who will call you an Islamophobe or a xenophobe or an anyphobe. Right. This critic, his name is Michael Sturzenberger. He is a leading critic in Germany of Islam and what it's doing to their nation, their culture, their laws and their lives. Six months for criticizing them. Right now, he's going to appeal this, of course, and keep fighting. But if we don't stand up for ourselves and start fighting back, not not in a dangerous or harmful way. Not in a violent way, the way the political leftists like BLM and Antifa do. We need to get politically active and fight in the political arena. And the reason I talk about this is, is if I don't tell you that it's important, who is? Who is out there for us, for you and me, just regular little people? Who is out there standing up for us? Well, every now and then we hear about Marge Taylor Greene or 
or or, or Matt Getz, or every now and then, you know, uh, Dr. Uh, <clears throat> Rand Paul in the Senate stands up. You know, we've got Tucker Carlson screaming his lungs out on Fox News. Thank God for him. But it's not enough, right? We all need to stand up and say, you know what? We're done with it. It's time to stand up, right? And I'm going to tell you why. If we don't, this is what we're all going to deal with. Are you ready? Right? I was shocked. But at the same time, I wasn't surprised by this article. And it's a video, folks, a security video that was released. As a woman who screams in terror, she's ambushed in broad daylight by a bunch of thugs in what was thought to be a safe neighborhood. Where was this neighborhood at? In Chicago. Folks, there's no safe place in SHTF. There's certainly no safe place in Chicago. Don't think that you live in a safe place. Now, what was it? Two and a half years ago when I was still in California, I thought where I lived was pretty safe. It was extreme northern rural California. I thought, not going to have any worries here. Lo and behold, a bunch of BLM freaks showed up and started running up and down the streets of my town with placards and signs demanding that everyone take a knee. Right? They, they you know, how many times they got to flip you off before you're like, I know what you're doing. You're trying to provoke me, you bunch of pieces of shit, because that's what I call them and that's what they are. Well, there's no safe place, folks. They said they're going to come out in the suburbs. They said they're going to go out in the country. These left-wing lunatics, there's no safe place. The thugs know it. And they're going to attack people, especially people who look like soft targets, who aren't aware of their surroundings, especially taking advantage of women and children. So my recommendation, be very aware. Start learning to be aware of your surroundings so that you're not surprised by someone who wants to take advantage of the situation that you find yourself in, whether it's at night or during the day, as this story says. Broad daylight, you know, pounced on by thugs. You know, we're seeing a lot of that, aren't we? And, and folks, it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter anything. If you're in victim mode, people will take advantage of you. You've got to be on the defense. You've got to be aware of your surroundings. You've got to be prepared. All right. <sighs> There's so much going on, folks. Let's do this. Let's run in this direction. This is incredible. In New York City, the mayor there, Eric Adams, are he and his, his compadres, his comrades, are telling credit card companies to create a weapon code for gun and ammunition purchases. Now, what companies are in New York City? That's right, folks. Chase, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America. All the big banks have their headquarters or major, you know, major, uh, shall we say, branches of operation in New York City because it is the financial center for America. I would like to see that end. The Empire State can suck it. But this idea of creating a code that they keep track of for gun and ammunition purchases. This is, folks, corporate Gestapo, corporate KGB banking, where banks collect everyone with this code and then send what? The information to law enforcement? What bureaucracy uh, has a right to this information? Well, you see, when you or I use a credit card, we forfeit all of our privacy rights to the bank. Well, you and I don't think that, and it shouldn't be that way, but they just create different rules for themselves, excusing themselves from any privacy. Right? Well, you want to use our credit card? Well, we're going to collect information on you, where you're at, where you're going, what you're buying. And I guess that's now going to include weapons, guns, and ammunition. And then they can sell that information or give it to somebody, especially if they suspect criminal activity. Folks, 
Anyone who is anti-gun thinks owning a gun is criminal. Buying ammunition for your gun is criminal. That's how they really think in their little brains, that everything that you do is criminal. That's how they think, folks. That's really what they believe. So I don't know which credit card companies are going to do this, but your Second Amendment right, it may be impeded at some point by these same credit cards. You say, you know what? We're not going to create a code. We're just going to deny you the purchase. Now, how about this? Could uh, sporting goods stores, how, how, does, how does the credit card company know you're buying a gun? Right? You're at, let's just say, ABC Sporting Central. They sell kayaks, tents. They sell sporting goods. You know, like Dick's Sporting Goods used to sell guns. Oh, by the way, don't buy anything at Dick's, anything at all at Dick's Sporting Goods because they're a bunch of dicks. So there's stores that sell sporting goods, which includes bows and arrows, knives and guns, ammunition. Right? Do they have to put a code into their receipt that goes to the credit card company so they know? Right, This just stinks to high heaven, folks. It's shocking that they're trying to do this. It is. It's absolutely shocking that they're trying to do this. But they're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep pressuring us. My entire life, from the age of 12 up, I've been well aware of attacks on our Second Amendment. It started when I learned what the Second Amendment was, when we were required to learn the Constitution of the United States in order to pass from one grade to the next in junior high. Shit is at the fan, folks. These people are a bunch of serious, stinky, skunk <laughs> Unbelievable. And to give you an example, one more example, folks. I was, I was shocked, but then I wasn't surprised. I was stunned, but I wasn't surprised. Bill Barr, who was the attorney general for Trump during the Trump presidency, who did absolutely nothing about any criminal activity by the Democrats. Nothing at all. Well, he's come out and he said this. The Justice Department, folks, the DOJ, the Justice Department, which is under the Attorney General, you know, Merrick Garland, Merrick the Dillweed, Merrick the Giant Jackass Garland, right? And the FBI is also in the Justice Department. Bill Barr says the Justice Department is very close, folks, very close to having evidence to indict Trump. This is a sham prosecution. It's a sham prosecution. There is nothing that they have that would stick, folks, or it would be leaked to the media to use the media to smear Trump. And they would arrest Trump if they had even a modicum of evidence. Not because they think they can make it stick, but because they would use that to put him in handcuffs and lead him away so that it appears that he is a criminal. The appearance of impropriety, folks, would serve them a lot. And they want to do this, I'm sure, before the election. Wise up, America. Wise up, people, and rise up to the occasion. I sure hope you're prepared for what is about to happen in this country. It's not going to be pretty when it comes out. Where do you stand I know where you stand, but you have to ask yourself, where do I stand? And then you have to ask yourself, what am I willing to do? How will I participate? Am I going to be a sideline spectator? Am I going to assist? Am I going to be active? And again, I'm not telling or asking or implying that anyone do anything illegal or harmful or dangerous. No, no, no. I want you to take lawful actions Lawful actions, folks, in accord with the Declaration of Independence. You know, you have to be pretty cunning, right? You have to be a pretty cunning linguist to say the right things without getting in trouble. <laughs> a little double entendre in there. All right, folks, um, we're coming up on the half of the hour where you guys get to ask questions. So get your comments into Jolene. And we will get the show on the road. It is Thursday.
afternoon in the United States of America, and we have nothing but stunning and shocking surprises that, well, aren't really surprises because we've been expecting this. Right? We've heard SHDF coming down the road, up our driveway, and knocking on our door and in our faces already. Doesn't mean we shouldn't be shocked, stunned, but certainly not surprised. Uh, let's do this. Let's get to the Q&A. Are you ready? Oh, here we are. I'd like to thank Captain Morgan Ice-T for sponsoring the show. I need to wet my whistle. Mm-mm. Sweet tea, the very best. <laughs> okay, we've got a number of questions coming from you guys in the audience. It's been a hell of a day, a hell of a week, a hell of a year, a hell of a decade. And shit has hit the fan. So let's start off with one Jolene. We got East Texas Country Boy. And he says, the repo market is in trouble again. Said, I heard a report that there's approximately 3 million preppers. I sure hope the hell that number is underestimated. That would put over 300 million wanting what I have. <laughs> I hear you. Now, the repo market. Are we talking about automobile repossessions, uh, Country Boy? Are we talking about the overnight lending repo market in the financial system? I just need a little clarification. Which repo market? Because they're both fucked up. Number two, as far as three million preppers, guess what? We'll never know for sure, man. The reason is, is most people don't talk. I feel it's important that I come here on the air across the social media spectrum and show my face and say it's okay to be a prepper. It's okay to be an American. It's okay to be armed. It's okay to have food. It's okay to have food, water, shelter, clothing, medicine, means of self-defense. It's okay to have a plan. Now, we used to be told there's 3 to 5% of the population is reasonably well-prepared. 3 to 5% reasonably well-prepared. Folks, that's almost uh, between 3 and 5 million. That's, that's a, what, a 66% swing either way. What, which is it, 3 or 5 they don't know. They don't know. How about this? There's three to five percent that are pretty darn hardcore. Because I've met people, folks, professionals. I know doctors. I know lawyers. I know IT guys. I know people in the real estate world. I know people who are in that are, well, they're owners of manufacturing corporations. Wealthy people. I know regular people. Just regular workers like you and me. They go to work, they pay their bills, they pay their fucking taxes, and they're preppers and they're very, very quiet about it. So let's just take that number. Let's go on the high end of the, the numbers we used to get. Five percent in a in a country with three hundred and fifty million people, including children. So let's just round it down to three hundred. We'll discount the children, right? The under eighteen. And say, okay, 3%, 5% of 300 million is 9 to 15 million preppers. How many people out there uh, in America do you assume, can we assume, right, are preppers and don't even know it, right? They just happen to have all of the items, but they don't think of themselves as a prepper. Now, I think the number is a lot higher than they report. It's not... 3 million total. That would be 1% of the population. Now, what I'll agree with is perhaps 1% of the population, the adult population, is as prepared as you and I are. And perhaps they base that number off of social media commentary. I guess we're going to find out the hard way, folks. Uh, overnight lending. Uh, okay, thank you very much, country boy. The repo market, the overnight lending. This country and indeed the whole world, is in massive financial straits. Massive financial straits. They've been there since September of 2019, folks. 
2019 is when the overnight lending market, the repo market, where banks, and this is what kills me, where banks have to borrow money to settle their debts. Now, I don't understand how I have to pay 10 fucking percent if I want to use a credit card. And if I get a car loan, I'm paying 5%. And the banks get to borrow money next to 0%. What is it, 1% or 2%? They get to borrow money for almost free, charge us a shit pile, and somehow they lose money and they have to borrow money overnight? Where is this money going? Who is getting all of this cash that the banks are managing to lose? How do they do that? Well, I think this is all a pee and shell game. It is a bunch of lies and a bunch of crap. And at some point, folks, we're going to have another Lehman moment. Lehman Brothers in 2008, they were the, the large banking financial institution in New York City that basically the music stopped and they didn't have a chair at the table and they were punished and they were put out of business, right? Huge crisis in 2008. We, we've had a number of financial crises over the years and it always results in the transfer of wealth from one group to another. Right now, our wealth is being transferred from us, you and I, uh, to who? Well, to the government, to the... Treasury to the printing presses at the Federal Reserve because we're paying 10% inflation, 20% inflation with our disposable income, you know, food and fuel. These people are sucking wealth out of the system everywhere. Yeah, we're in big trouble. Let's keep an eye on it. One day we're going to wake up and just be told there's a problem in the lending world, right? And guess what? Those who got themselves in trouble are not responsible and they have to be bailed out. Or they could say, well, the people have to share in this. And so we're going to do a bail in. Any way you look at it, it's not going to be pretty for us, me and you. Get ready for it, folks. Get ready to grab your ankles, bite down on a wooden spoon because we're all going to take it. All right, let's move on. We got more questions. Thank you, Jolene. And this is Sally Sue. She says, we're having record heat wave in California. So our dipshit governor, Slohan Newsom, thought it would be a great idea to hold a press conference. Oh, yeah, he's so brilliant. Uh, and he's urging Californians to conserve energy by turning off their air conditioners. All the while, the a-hole, Gavin Newsom, was wearing a sweater. What a fuckwad. <laughs> I tell you, Sally Sue. A quad is not uh, harsh enough. Uh, it's not critical enough. He's wearing a sweater. In order to wear a sweater, you have to be cool. You have to be sedentary during a heat wave and be in a cool environment. So in other words, as Governor Newscum, as he turned down his air conditioner, no, 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 that's for you guys, the little people. You have to turn off your air conditioning. You have to deal with inflation. You have to deal with his grand tax schemes in California. You have to provide health insurance, a higher standard of living for illegals and people who don't want to take care of themselves because they have Uncle Newscom to take care of them. Unbelievable. Yep. We're going to continue to hear problems, see problems, and smell problems coming out of California and Illinois, and Oregon, and New York, and Washington State, and Colorado, and New Mexico, and Minnesota, and Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, and Maine, folks everywhere, Massachusetts, Connecticut, all these liberal strongholds are going to continue to fall down. <laughs> and like Italy, they're going to end up on their knees. Okay, let's move on if we shall. What do we have next? Who's next? Who wants to step up? It's Michael Brown. And uh, <laughs> uh, thank you again for the great donations, Michael. Uh, do I remember the DC Madam? Well, um, there's been so many of these. The one that always comes to mind is Heidi Fleiss when I think of uh, Madams. Uh, <laughs> but she, I think, was in Hollywood, LA. There was a DC Madam. Then there was, uh, let's see, Joey Buttafuoco, uh, who was uh, 
<laughs> playing his games. I can't remember exactly which one you're referring to, man. Give me a name and give me what the, the give me what she was doing. I mean, we had what Mayor Dinkins and, and his uh, cocaine uh, or drug addiction that was going on there. Uh, I think he was involved with this DC madam. There is so much, Michael, so much criminality amongst Democrats. Uh, East Coast, West Coast, up north. There's so much. It's hard to keep track of it, uh, especially over a 30-year period, which is the, the period of my life where I paid a much closer attention to politics and law and uh, John Palfrey. Don't remember. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank, brother. All right. Uh, yeah. The, folks, everything about Democrats... Everything about them is just unbelievably corrupt, perverted, hypocritical. Right? Every last one of them. I mean, perverted. How, how, how perverted is Barry Sanders? And I don't mean that in a sexual way. I mean that in look at his politics. Right, The man has how many houses, but he espouses communism. Right. He wants he wants everything to be for free. Every, everyone, everything for free. Right. Bernie Sanders. Well, who's going to pay for that? And where's the incentive to work hard if the government's going to give you everything for free? That's the perversion of the idea that you don't own the property that you have earned and that you don't own yourself in communism and socialism. Uh, it's, it's incredible. It is a, a corrupt, bankrupt, perverted political notion socialism yet we keep having its surface and america is full of it okay uh thank you michael and now let's move on if we shall I, there's so much to get to um get your questions in david says my baby sister is starting her first year of college what do you think is the most important piece of advice i can give her as a young woman out on her own for the first time holy shit Young woman going to college. Advice. The most important piece of advice. Oh, man, how do I mean how do you sending sending a, a young adult to college now is, is an exercise in, in what I consider to be uh, just a contradiction in all forms of intelligent thought. When you go to college, you're not going to get an education. You're going to get an indoctrination. When you go to college, it's not going to help you make money in the future. It is going to be a source of debt that is going to continue to plague you. Those people who go to college and get a degree and then go out and get high-paying jobs are people who are already well-off, have family connections, business connections, and they've got a job as soon as they get out of college, whether they flunk out of college or succeed because of connections, who you know, your family, etc. right? Oh, you're Billy Bob's daughter. Well, we got a job for you in this company, right? How many people did I see running around college campuses in California? Thousands and thousands and thousands. And I looked across this, this range of people, all different, right? Uh, heights, genders, nationalities. And I thought a very small percentage of these people are going to get real jobs and be successful in life. Not because they, they, they aren't intelligent or that they don't deserve an opportunity, but because there just aren't that many high paying jobs out there to have, right? If we were all college educated with MBAs or, and doctorates, we still need someone to make fucking coffee. We still need someone to serve food. Okay, so let me get back to uh, where you're at, David. The most important piece of advice I can you can give her is create a plan. Write it down. Create a plan and write it down. What it is you're trying to achieve in college and where you're going to work and start working from day one in school, not only on your homework, your assignments, but start working on contacting people in the professional world to ensure you have a job when you get out. Start with companies that you can intern with and build a rapport with and ensure that you have a place to go to work. 
because you're going to have a lot of debt to pay off. Maybe if I gave a second piece of advice, don't believe a fucking word anyone in college says. <laughs> that may be the best piece of advice. And then say, you better come up with a plan to have a job later because you're not going to get out and wave your diploma in the air and have people shower you with money like you're uh, Marilyn Monroe on a stripper's stage. It ain't going to happen. Okay, let us move on. And David, you know, best of luck to your baby sister, man. It's a, it's, a, it's a cruel, harsh world. Doc Holliday says, your rights given to you by God, documented in the Constitution, are placed there to limit government, not the citizens. They are slowly chipping away at the Second Amendment to eventually take your guns, then your freedom. Stand up and fight or lose your freedom. Absolutely. Right? Rights are inalienable. That's it right there in the Declaration of Independence. I love the Declaration of Independence. It's a, it's a masterpiece in telling tyranny, go stick the sun, don't shine. And they have been coming off after our Second Amendment. Folks, when I was in my 20s, um, a, a great traitor to America, to freedom, to our republic, uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein and her ilk, and her communist comrades passed the assault weapons ban. It outlawed uh, the AR-15 style weapons as many as they could. Right? They, they outlawed high capacity, what we now call standard capacity magazines. They, they did a lot, folks, everything they could to try and destroy the Second Amendment. And that, that law went away. It sunsetted. It expired. And since then, there has been a surge of pro-Second Amendment legislation and also a surge of pro-Second Amendment political and philosophical thought and lawsuits. And we're winning, and we need to keep fighting. They're trying to chip away at it. But imagine we build a brick wall, a brick wall. And we say, this is the Second Amendment, and you shall not pass. And they start chipping away at it. Chip, 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 chip. Well, what we need to do is behind that brick wall, build another brick wall. A layer after layer after layer after layer and build it thick, tall, wide, and strong. Every time they take a chip, we want an entire brick to replace it. That requires, folks, something that, that I'm going to call discipline. We have to be disciplined not to fall asleep while the enemy is at the door. We have to be disciplined to understand that just because we win one battle doesn't mean the enemy is going to go away. They're going to try to go under, over, or around our defenses. We have to stay on the attack and be ever vigilant against socialism, communism, fascism, and all forms of government overreach coming out of D.C., the state capitals, whether it's the local, state, or federal level, these people won't quit. They're un-American, anti-American, anti-freedom, anti-God, anti-morality, anti-decency, and they're anti-rights. And so I love to step up and always, always throw the Declaration of Independence in their faces. Throw it in their faces. The other thing I like to do is say, um, and just make them expose themselves. Right. So what is it about America that you don't like? <laughs> Start asking them questions. Make them expose themselves as anti-Americans. Right. You can have to go, well, are rights God given? See what they say. You, know, you may get an atheist who says there is no God. Well, I'll go then, you know, then who is the ultimate authority? So well, government is. Oh, really? Well, who, who created the government? Well, people. So how could people create something bigger than themselves, right? If government is the ultimate authority, but it's created by people, that means people are higher than, better than government. Therefore, that which we created, we can uncreate and disassemble and recreate it to serve our purposes. And that's really what the Declaration of Independence says, right? When any government becomes tyrannical, it is the right and duty of the people to abolish it and create a new government to better serve their needs, right? Better guards for their liberties and freedoms. 
great topic. And yes, it is time, folks, to get very loud. Right? Don't be shouted down by these leftist turds. Fight back for freedom. Let's move on if we shall. What do we got? Who? Who? <laughs> who? It's Cottage Farm. Hey, Cottage Farm. Uh-oh. We got a poll. Poll says 60% plus of Americans think, make America great again. MAGA is dangerous. Whether you are MAGA, America first, patriot, or just Joe Mo, we are being demonized like the Jewish people. This is interesting, Cottage Farm. I have not read this poll. I would like to know who put up this poll. Is it a Pew poll? Is it a Rasmussen? Is it a USA Today? Is it a, you know, who did the poll? That would be interesting to know. And it would be interesting to note. But let's take it at face value. 60% of Americans think that MAGA is dangerous. Because Joe Biden says so. Because these leftist lunatics are on TVs shouting from the rooftops. One of the things I've always noticed uh, when either taking a poll, and I've taken, you know, phone rings. This is back when it hung on the wall, you know, answer the phone. Hello, John here. And the person says, I'm calling from such and such polling. Would you like to participate in a poll? And I always say yes, because it's an opportunity to you know, work with that percentage you're talking about there. Eh, right down there, that one, that's 60%. Anyways, Cottage Farm, um, I think a lot of people in today's political climate are politicized politics, our politicized social world, our politicized economics, our politicized professional world. Everything now has a, a fear factor to it. Right? You've got someone calling and saying, what's your opinion? And people don't want to sound like they're on the bad side. We all know, uh, kind of like the Jews of Germany in the 1930s and 40s, they knew they were the targets of political and radical social persecution. Right? We, they knew that. And so, yeah, we also know it. You, Cottage Farm, know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. We are the topics of political social, economic, that's right, right? Social governance, uh, a social credit score. We're being picked at. Well, you want to buy a gun, you're a bad person, right? So I think people that are taking the poll when asked, do you think that MAGA is dangerous? Oh, yeah, yeah, you bet. They're, they're awful people. How many, what percentage of the, shall we say, cowardly middle-of-the-road Americans, they're just going to say, yes, they agree. Well, I think it's pretty high, right? Because if, if we reflect on history, Cottage Farm, we're, a lot of people believe we're in some 1776 or pre-1776 type moments, right? We have tyranny on the rise. We have a government attacking the people. We have false charges, ridiculous persecutions. We have threats. We have economic hardships and taxes that are being pushed on us. Right? We have all, a lot of the same problems and many worse than the Declaration of Independence times. Right, And back then, 20%, according to historians and some, some experts in statistics, said 20% of Americans, colonial Americans, back then in 1776, 20% supported the revolution. 3% fought it. 20% supported it. And they, they supported it uh, with money, resources, right, food, water, whatever they had, ammunition. But that left 80% who were either neutral or Tories, that is, supporters of the Brits, uh, outright. That's a lot of people versus 20%. Right? So we have a lot of people in the middle who are wishy-washy. They're just going to go with whatever is said. So we had a country, a nation that was uh, born from some very strong characters. So today, if we have a poll that says 60% of Americans think MAGA is dangerous, make America great again, freedom is dangerous, and I have to say this, I would rather have dangerous freedom than the opposite, folks, which is safe slavery. There's no such thing as safe slavery. I, I choose dangerous freedom. But here we are, Cottage Farm. Um, 60% say it's dangerous. That means 40% says it's not. 
Now, now some of them may not feel as strongly about uh, America first as you and I, right? So if 40% don't agree that MAGA is dangerous and, and, you know, what percentage think that Make America Great Again is, well, very necessary, very correct, very the right attitude. You know, the other thing is with these polls is they word, they word them and they can word them to encourage a certain type of answer. And, and let me explain how they've, they've gone about and done this. It's called push polling. Uh, they can create a, a series of questions in a poll to lead the person being polled into a type of thinking, a pattern of thinking, kind of like leading a witness in a, in a trial. They can ask a question, you know, do you agree that Trump is being politically persecuted? Well, yes, I agree with that. Do you agree that the government is very powerful when it comes to law enforcement and persecution? Well, yes, I believe that. Do you believe that the odds are pretty good that Trump will be arrested at some point? Well, hell yeah, I believe that. Right? Do you agree that, uh, that the rest of America thinks that uh, MAGA is dangerous? The person can say, yeah, I agree that the rest of the country thinks that based on the series of questions that were just asked about Trump and political persecution, how powerful the government is and what's happening. You could lead someone to, to draw that conclusion that America agrees, right? And so eventually and rather quickly, if it's uh, those questions are created in a crafty manner, you can, you can scare the person who's taking the poll. And it, it doesn't have to be an overt scaring, but rather one that is hidden, right? There's a type of hidden influence that would make that person being polled become uh, afraid and want to give the right answer, the correct answer. So I hope I answered uh, and, and addressed your comment there, Cottage Farm. And, and I want to thank you again for all the great support you've shown us. Um, right here on the channel and then also behind the scenes. There's a lot of great people supporting everything we do, folks, whether it's financial support, information, opinions, <laughs> and uh, and we couldn't do it without you. We really couldn't. But uh, let's keep an eye on those polls because they also provide an indication not only of what the American people think, but what the pollsters think and what the politicians want us to believe. Let's move on. We got a little bit of time and we have three questions left. Latin American preparedness. He says several European countries have an energy crisis. Yeah, all of them, man. He says smart thermostat is being used. Several countries outlaw thermostats above 65 in the winter and below 80 in the summer. Fines in prison for violators. Thoughts? Well, let's hear it for smart technology and smart thermostats. And everything's connected to the everything net, the internet. Now, what are they going to do? If you, if you, Disconnect your thermostat, and you've got a red wire and a white wire. <laughs> you touch those two wires together on a simple on-off thermostat, right? And what happens? The heater comes on or the air conditioner comes on. Interesting, huh? If there's no smart device on there, how are they going to know what your temperature is unless they come into your house? Or a friend, a neighbor, a family member, right? Turn in. Or... How about this? How about energy swatting? That's right. Calling the police. Oh, my God, my neighbor. Right. I hear their air conditioner running. They're, they're too cold. And so SWAT shows up at their house with guns and a, and a thermometer to check on them. Oh, we're going to get there. We're absolutely going to get there. Just wait. Just you wait. Thank you, uh, Latin America Preparedness. And next we've got. We've got Jolene. Where's Jolene? Jolene. Oh, there we are. We got Charlinator checking in. Illinois is screwed with the Safety Act that goes into effect 1-1-23. Safety Act will allow criminals on detainable, non-detainable offenses include second-degree murder, drug-induced homicide, arson, aggravated battery, kidnapping, burglary, robbery, aggravated fleeing and eluding, threatening a public official. Non-detainable non offenses. <laughs> Meaning... They don't want to arrest you, and they don't want to put you in jail for non-detainable. How does that jive with safety? Well, welcome 
to idiocracy, folks. Welcome to blue Democrat cities and states. If you don't have a reason to get the fuck out of California, Oregon, Washington, right, Illinois, New York, New York City to be specific, if you don't have enough information yet, this one might convince you. Get the fuck out of there. It's just going to get worse. Thank you, Charlene Ader. I sure hope you're not there. And now Christine Behana, one of my favorites, who behind the scenes supports and helps and, and does things. Uh, she says, so the new neighbors just came by and said, somebody is ransacking cars everywhere, and they set the neighbor's dumpster on fire last night. Neighborhood meeting coming up after this. Good. Go to that meeting. Form community groups, watch groups. Now, while I live in the glorious bunker of protection, right, you go upstairs, climb the ladder, head on out, right, we have a neighborhood watch. Uh, in a way, it's like having a bunch of Karens, <laughs> right? It almost feels like we have a, a Karen watch out there. But at the same time, they're watching everybody and reporting everything they see, which is good. That's exactly Exactly what we want. We want our neighbors paying attention. They may not be the preppers that we are. They may not be the self-defense experts that we are. But at least, at the very least, they're like a barking dog. And you've got to stop these people from ransacking cars, breaking into people's homes, setting fire to things. Right? Uh, it would be nice, folks, and it's going to be nice when law and order is restored in this country. But we have SHTF. It's been set in motion. It's being forced upon us by the power be. And we have to deal with it and get through the other side and get control of this government or abolish this government one way or another on the local, state, and federal level. We have a bunch of fighting to do, folks, in the political arena. So grab your constitution. Grab your Declaration of Independence. Grab your Bible or whatever faith you may have. Buckle up, gear up, get prepped up, because chance favors the prepared mind. And now Heidi is joining the crowd with a statement. She says, law enforcement has been cross-referencing Make America Great Again people, gun owners, and online threats of violence to charge gun owners with crime and take all their weapons. They're doing this in Minnesota. Heidi? I know you love Minnesota. <laughs> I used to believe Minnesota was full of awesome Swedish people who liked freedom and liberty. And that's why they left Sweden to come to America. And, uh, you know, a big percentage of them settled up in those states, Wisconsin and Minnesota and uh, northern Illinois. And not so anymore. It's not full of freedom-minded people. Get the hell out of these places. And certainly attend city hall, county board supervisor meetings. We have to get active, even school board meetings, right? It's happening, folks. Look at what happened in school board meetings. People, Americans, parents got so active in their child's lives. What the hell are you teaching our kids in school? That the teachers started whining, the school board started whining, their union started whining, they even got the Attorney General of the United States to classify, along with the FBI, parents as domestic terrorists. That's how afraid they are of us. They're a bunch of freaking cowards. Uh, colloquially, we call them pussies, right? Bunch of wimps. Bunch of sad sacks of shit. That's how powerful we are, though, folks. They're afraid of us being politically active and in their faces. Go to school board meetings. Go to town hall. Participate in politics at every level. Scream, shout, yell. Not threats of violence, folks, but your political will. And use the Constitution. Use the Declaration of Independence. Not only is armor to shield you from these people, but use it as a weapon, a political weapon, to beat them about their intellect. Because every proposal they have that violates your rights, our rights, it's right there in the Constitution. Say, really, really? So you, some little smelly human being up on this board, want to violate the Second Amendment? It says very clearly right here, shall not be infringed. You're above the law. You're smarter than the rest of us. Your opinion 
can negate my right, right, it's time to start getting active. Fight back. Chance favors the prepared mind. Godspeed to you. Semper Fi. Never give up, folks. Never give up. Get prepared and start being active. Shit has hit the fan. It's go time.